Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. trounced the New England Patriots in the wildcard round of the playoffs, and now they head to Kansas City to face the Chiefs in a rematch from last year. It's the fourth time the Chiefs and Bills will play in the last two seasons, developing a nice little rivalry here. Before we get into that game, though, I wanted to remind you that you can send in your questions to us at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. You can send us voicemails at 716-508-0405. Text messages go to that number too, 716-508-0405. You can send us emails, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages to our official Buffalo Rumblings account will make their way to me as well. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. So, let's go to my takeaways from the game. I wrote these, remember, during the game, so I didn't yet know the Kansas City Chiefs were going to be the opponent next week. I had a feeling that that was going to happen. Obviously, didn't expect the uh, Steelers to pull off some sort of upset. But, still, we uh, was only focusing on the game against the New England Patriots. Starting it off, I gave all the credit in the world to Josh Allen and Brian Dable. You know, it was super Josh. It was super Brian. They worked really well together, and the game plan that they designed and executed was, I mean, flawless. It, there's just no other way um, to go there. You know, a, a casual throwaway becomes a touchdown pass. An easy run becomes a 30-yard um, jaunt. The The receivers were open. The O-line was planning, folks. It The run game was working with Devin Singletary. It was just really nice. Dable's dialed in. Al made the right decisions. And it put so much pressure on the Patriots um, with the Bills being up, obviously, 27 nothing at halftime with 300 yards of offense. Uh, it just really, you know, the thing we talked about earlier in the season, not letting a team feel like they're in a game, that's exactly what the Bills did. And we'll get to Micah Hyde and how he helped that in a second. But the Bills' offense jumping out to a huge lead on that Patriots team was just um, was fun. Alice, Allen finished with 308 passing yards, 21 of 25, five touchdowns, six carries for 66 yards on the ground. We put together a list of the absurd accomplishments from the game as well. Um, you know, Josh Allen had more touchdown passes than incompletions. And got to remember that Gabe Davis, the last incompletion he had, uh, bounced off of Gabe Davis's hands. So it should have been even fewer incompletions. But uh, the Bills had seven straight touchdowns to start the game. Um, <laughs> I wrote that when it was three straight touchdowns to start the game, and then I had to keep updating it as the game was going on, four straight, five straight, six straight. Um, it was a pretty fun one to update, actually. Bill Belichick's Patriots teams had never allowed 
more than three touchdowns to start a game. The Bills doubled that up and then some. So that was really um, interesting stat to see. Um, the other thing I thought was really fun is Bill Belichick's teams had always forced an opponent to punt until that last game against the Buffalo Bills. And so now the Bills have done it two games in a row when no team had ever done it once to Bill Belichick. The Bills are the first team in the Super Bowl era to score touchdowns on the first five drives of a playoff game per ESPN Stats and Info, and obviously they did it on seven straight. And the only thing that stopped the Bills from scoring in the last 13 drives against the Patriots was the clock. They're 10 of 13 with the end of the first half, the end of the first game, and then the end of the second game being the only thing that stopped them. They became the first team in NFL history to not punt, kick a field goal, or turn it over in a game. So, I mean, they're the first team in NFL history to score touchdowns on every drive. They didn't score a touchdown on their final drive because the game ended. So, there you go. If you follow along with the Buffalo Rumblings Twitter account during the games, um, anytime Dawson Knox scores a touchdown or has a big play, I always tweet out the, uh, the gif from Breaking Bad where Walter White says, I am the one who knocks, and it's supposed to be this really intimidating uh, moment for, for the character. And I've used it a lot this season uh, because Dawson Knox has played really, really well. He had two first-quarter touchdowns from Josh Allen. Um, one was a super athletic grab that, again, we thought Josh Allen was throwing it away, and Knox went up, climbed the ladder, got it, and then got two feet inbounds. Um, he walled off the defender on the second one, so he used his size on the second one and his agility on the first one. So it's really nice to see him be able to, to do both things. In the third quarter, he uh, planted a Patriots defender after a catch, um, missed another touchdown by just that much, uh, but Buffalo eventually punched in for the score. Five catches on um, five targets for 89 yards and two touchdowns. He was the X factor in the Bills passing attack, and I think he's been all season. We did a breakdown last week of you know kind of how the Bills really hurt on offense when Knox was out with his broken hand. So go take a look at that. The red zone efficiency, some people were saying um, earlier in the season that the red zone efficiency wasn't very good, but I, I keep arguing for Brian Dable and the Bills offense. I think their red zone efficiency is just fine. Um, you know, they were top 10 in the NFL in that statistic. Um, before the game, there was a report from Mike Florio that the Bills might move on from Brian Dable if it wasn't a good offensive outing. And, um, well, I thought it was stupid before the game. I think it's even stupider now. The Bills were 6 of 6 scoring touchdowns in the red zone. The only one of their touchdowns that wasn't a red zone conversion was the long pass to um, Emmanuel Sanders. They've been on fire over those last five weeks. and I mean, even Tommy Doyle caught a touchdown. Big man touchdown. And then we couldn't get out of here without talking about the defense. Um, Micah Hyde's pick at the end of that first Patriots drive really set the tone for the rest of the game. It's just a much, much different game at 7-7 than it is 14-0. And it just it was such a beautiful play. Um, it, was, it looked effortless, but I mean, he covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time. So much so that Mac Jones... I mean, I'm sure thought he had a, a sure touchdown. I'm sure the receiver thought he had a touchdown too until the very last second when Hyde plucked it from right in front of his hands. Um, it's it's harder to tease out the pre-blowout stats with the garbage time stats, but Buffalo's defense was, was almost as good as the offense. Um, 
you know, Levi Wallace added a pick off of a Matt Milano tipped pass. Jerry Hughes started Latule, Boogie Basham had sacks, Tremaine Edmonds was everywhere. Um, it was just an efficient night from the defense, and they're the reason I think the Bills you know, have every right to think that they can win the Super Bowl this year. You know, they're going to go into Kansas City, and we'll talk about this more after the break here in a second, but they're going to go into Kansas City with two great offenses, but only one great defense, and that's on the Bills. And um, so that's why I think the Bills get the edge in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get to your questions moving forward. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, over to Twitter, where Greg Brockway asks, hey, remember that time when the Bills embarrassed the Patriots? That was awesome. Yes, I, uh, I remember that. It was a fun, fun day. Uh, Mark Masterson asks us, what was up with Tyler Bass on Saturday night? Well, I think it was just that the ball was rock hard when he was kicking it. Um, I, he's been very good at other times, I, I, if I had to guess, I think that's what it is. Uh, he practiced kicking uh, frozen balls this week leading up to the game. But, I mean, it can't be easy. You know, uh, I don't know if there's, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything we can take away from that other than it's really hard to kick when it's so cold out. Um, Jack Nealon says the on script stuff was working this game, which allowed the special off Chris off script stuff to stand out the bad games seemed to come from when the on script plays were missing was it players making plays on script or was it just an outstanding game script and preparation let me boil that question down a little bit because a lot of scripts on there but was it the players making the plays or was it just an outstanding game script and preparation i think it was both i think that the script that brian dable put together worked really really well and then the Bills were able to execute it over and over again. Uh, there was a special game from Josh Allen. The offensive line played really well. I think it was everybody across the board. Brian Table, um, the offensive line, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, the wide receivers. Um, I, it was just a really, really nice game plan that was executed virtually flawlessly. Um, Such is life asks us why can't we play blue on white for Saturday, or all blue? I I don't know what he's asking. They were blue on white on Saturday. Maybe he's asking about Sunday, this upcoming Sunday against the Chiefs. Um, the Bills, if if the Chiefs go with red, which they usually do at home, then the Bills will be in white tops one way or the other. I hope that the Bills go white on white because in big games when they wear their blue pants they get their butts handed to them and I don't want them to lose so I hope that the blue pants stay in Orchard Park and they wear white on white against the Kansas City Chiefs 
if for some reason the Bills go or the Chiefs go with white jerseys, white uniforms, um, I hope the Bills go with the blue on top and white on the bottom. Uh, the blue on blue look, not my favorite. Um, and anytime they wear blue pants, they just get their butts handed to them. So I don't want that. Uh, P Martz says, who are your offensive and defensive X factors against the Chiefs? I got Ed Oliver on defense and Isaiah McKenzie on offense. Well, I think it's pretty clear that um, Dawson Knox is the X factor on offense. He just has elevated this offense and his own game this year. And when he's playing well, I think the nobody can stop him really. And the, the, the Bills have been using him very, very effectively this year. On defense, um, I think Ed Oliver's a good pick for this. I, I think it's Lizzie Frazier, though. Um, I know that he's not a you know player, but as an X Factor, I think he makes a lot of sense because he was able to stay so patient last game against the Chiefs and really keep Patrick Mahomes contained. So, I mean, Ed Oliver's as good of a guess as any, um, which is what you said, P-Marts. Um, you know, if, if they can contain Patrick Mahomes on the outside and get pressure up the middle from a guy like Ed Oliver or even a bull rush from, say, Harrison Phillips or Star Latulale, obviously that's um, going to help the back end of the roster because this is a game that you could really see uh, Dane Jackson be tested on that cornerback spot. If I had to determine like the, the determining factor, maybe not the X factor, but the determining factor, I think it's Dane Jackson and what the Bills are going to do to help him cover on the back end. Are they going to give him safety help on the double moves? Are they going to really focus on the pass rush getting home so that Dane Jackson doesn't have to cover as long. So that's those are my X factors on offense and defense. Andrew Sunday, uh, perhaps something that's gone underappreciated, but Dawson Knox seems to have improved his blocking. Is this the case, and what is he doing differently? Also, Gilliam is an amazing blocker. Yeah, uh, Reggie Gilliam's been doing a very nice job this year and really throughout his entire career. Um, Dawson Knox, I don't know what he's doing differently i know it's much much more effective um they've been using him a lot uh to help with the offensive line when the offensive line was struggling as well but just on kind of his own right he's been doing a really nice job so he came into the um, nfl as really unpolished in both um you know pretty much in every facet of the game and i think he's really developed those skills and that's a testament to uh, the buffalo bills coaching staff so i think dawson knox is um definitely has improved his blocking over the course of this well his career let's say and then even over the course of this season from the beginning uh until now so um that's another reason why i named him as my x factor the bills offense just seems to operate better when he's in and they're so confident in him that they don't even usually make their um second string tight end active on game day tommy sweeney so um yeah they just they just really like what dawson knox is able to bring to the table thanks for all those questions over at rumblings q and a that's with the word and spelled out in the middle that's going to do it for this week's episode of buffalo rumblings q and a make sure you subscribe to the buffalo rumblings podcast channel there's a show for everyone on the channel with so many great hosts 
interests and so many different topics that we cover. Make sure you give each of them a listen. You can send in your questions for this show at 716-508-0405. You can text us at that number as well, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at RumlingsQ&A, that's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us emails, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Lock it in to buffalorumblings.com for all your coverage of the Chiefs game coming up in the divisional round. Go Bills. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.